Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Great to see you tonight. Glad that you're here. I want to spend just a few moments talking to you about spiritual passion tonight. Most of the time when somebody gets saved and they're new into the faith and they're so excited about things and they have this great testimony to share and they have a lot of passion. But somewhere, a little bit down the road, that passion kind of seems to wane away a little bit. And if you're not careful, you may worry that there's something wrong with you. You may worry that maybe the Lord's left me or maybe I've lost something that I should have. And we need to understand how passion works in our lives because passion is a necessary part of the Christian life. It's what fuels us. It's what enthuses us. It's what pushes us along, not only in our walk with the Lord, but what we do with the Lord. So if you'll uh, spend a few minutes with me, we'll go through it uh, fairly quickly, talking tonight about spiritual passion. How do you keep it? How do you restart it if you feel like you've lost it? Passion, according to Merriam-Webster, is a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about doing something. It's your zeal. It's your drive. It's your inspiration. How many of you have occasionally felt passion in your life? Yeah. It's a great thing, and God means for us to have it, knows that we need to have it. Now, look, I want to say this from the start. We don't live for passion. Passion is not a buzz. It's not a feel-good. Hey, I'm feeling really passionate about that. That's, we don't pursue passion for the feeling that it gives us. We pursue passion for the way that it drives us and helps us and assists us. Because without passion, you can lose momentum in your spiritual walk, but with it, you'll reach newer and higher levels of your walk with God. In Romans 12, 11, Paul states, don't be lazy. In fact, he says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. One of the other ways you can translate that word is passionately, with enthusiasm, with all that you have. In fact, in the verses preceding that particular verse, he gives us a little bit of a picture of what that looks like. Romans 12, verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, and by the way, that simply means to speak on God's behalf, that's like preaching a sermon or speaking on God's behalf. If he's given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. In other words, if God has called you and gifted you to do something, do it with all of your heart. Do it with passion. Passionately serving God helps us to change other people's lives, and to change the world for Jesus. How many of you want a little more passion to be able to pull that off in your life? Three of you do. I'm with you. I hope the rest of you catch up with us soon. So a little bit of help. Passion isn't something that you have, and it isn't always something that you just get. It's something that you develop. God will give it to you. God will help you with it. But as with most of the things in our Christian walk, it's reciprocal. I got to do my part after God does his. You don't want to just feel passionate about your spiritual life. You don't feel your way into passion. You put passion into your life. And so we want to talk about how we do that tonight. Number one, this is simple. 
Ask God for it. If you're missing anything in your walk with the Lord, ask him for it. Do you need wisdom? Do you need spiritual insight? Do you need strength? Do you need whatever you need? Ask him for it. And so if you're lacking passion, if you're looking for that, if you know that with a little bit more spiritual passion, you could really do things for God, then ask him to give it to you. How do you do that? Through prayer. Prayer is one of the most important parts of this process. In fact, it's one of the most important parts of your Christian life. Because prayer isn't just talking to God. Prayer isn't just giving your grocery list. Prayer isn't just sharing your needs with God. He already knows what those needs are. It's a conversation that we have with God and a way in which he can answer us because we've engaged in conversation with him. Ask God to keep stirring passion in you. How does he do that? Through the Holy Spirit who already lives inside of you. You've already got many of the pieces that you need for this to happen in your life. And remember, praying isn't just asking. It's a conversation with God. God wants you to have passion. He wants you to have passion for him. How do you know that, Steve? I'm glad that you asked that question. Take a look at Deuteronomy 6.5. He, he, he commands it. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. I love the way that the message puts it. Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Friends, that's passion, right? And so God wants us to. He tells us, love me that way. Serve me that way. It starts with passion for God himself, not just for church, not just for other believers, not just for my Bible study that I go to. It begins with passion for God and enthusiasm for God. God will help us with that because he commands us and asks us to do that. Passion for his church and his kingdom takes second place to a passion for him. That's where it starts. But remember, the things you want to be passionate about when it comes to the kingdom of God are not as important to him as you are to him. So let your relationship with him, your passion for him, start first. Then add in your dreams I don't mean, you know, I hope one day to have a big house and a nice car and to be successful. No, the, the dreams that God has for your spiritual walk, the things that you, that you want to do for him, the things that you feel called to do, the, the thoughts that he's given you about ways that you could serve him even more in the days ahead. What's God's dream for you? You want to take your dream and add it to passion. It's the things that excite you. It's the things that bring you satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. Someone has even said, your dreams are not far from your reality. The distance between your dreams and reality is action. So it's taking our dreams and engaging them into the process of having passion. So what's God calling you to do tonight? Some of you, your answer right away is going to be, I don't know. Well, how about you start back at the prayer thing and ask God to do that? But I can tell you the Bible is full of things that God wants you to do. God wants you to witness for him. God wants you to give him glory. God wants you to feed the poor. The poor. He wants you to do all sorts of things. And so God has called all of us to do certain things and each of us unique things that are for me, that are for you, that aren't necessarily for the whole crowd. So discover what those things are and add passion to that. 
For example, if you have a passion for souls, you're going to go out and witness to people. If you have a a passion for God's word, you're going to study it and memorize it and share it. If you have a passion for prayer, you're going to spend time praying. You're going to learn how to pray effectively. You're going to pray for somebody right then and there on the spot instead of just telling them that you'll pray for them and hope that you remember to do that. If you have a passion for those things, that passion helps you to do those things. So take your dreams, the things that, that already excite you, the, the call of God that's already on your life, and add that to the issue of passion in your life. And while you're at it, be sure that what you're passionate about is what God's passionate about. Passionate about things God's way, not, not just my way. I'm passionate about all sorts of things that aren't necessarily God's way. So make sure that when you're asking him for passion, when you're seeking spiritual passion, that what you're open to is using that passion to do things his way. After all, the Old Testament Jews, they were passionate about God, but they were passionate in so many wrong ways. They got it wrong. Take a look at Romans 10. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God passion that they have for God, but it's misdirected zeal, misdirected passion, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. And by refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given, and as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. We want to make sure that what we're pursuing, what we're applying our passion to, is what God wants, the way God wants it, and not the way that I want it. Christ followers are passionate about obediently following God and doing what he's called us to do, his way. By the way, what's God passionate about? God's passionate about a couple of things. God is passionate about receiving glory. But on the earthly realm, God is passionate about redeeming souls. That's that's the heartbeat of God. Ezekiel 33, 11, as surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, turn from your wickedness. Why should you die? God is passionate about wanting to save people and rescue people. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus took that desire of God and said to his disciples, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God's passion, his zeal, is to save souls and redeem lives. God doesn't want to just forgive you tonight. He wants to change you. He wants to redeem you from what's going to happen in your life and in the life to come because of sin. But beyond that, to change you and to change you into the image of his son. Our passion is to redeem souls because his passion is to redeem souls. And if you can get passionate about that, guess what it's going to energize you to do? Go out and get them. Oh, that's, that was underwhelming. (laughs) Here's the thing, because this is exactly what I'm talking about. We ought to get so excited, so passionate about the opportunity to go out and win people to the Lord, that, that, that we ought to be looking for every opportunity, that we ought to be grateful that the Lord gives me the chance to talk to my neighbor, to talk to my coworker, to lead my children to Jesus. 
We need passion to help us to do that. And what we do in that instance is we make God's passion our passion. If he's passionate about souls, what should I be? Passionate about souls. The next point, the next thing we need to do is we need to rediscover and reaffirm our purpose because passion and purpose go together. Passion is what energizes you to go and accomplish your purpose, the purpose that God has given you. In fact, someone has said that passion without purpose is foolishness. No one benefits from passionate ignorance. So we don't want to be passionate just for passion's sake. We want to be passionate so that it fuels the purpose that we believe that God has given to me. Well, Steve, what's your purpose? Well, I have a lot of different purposes in my life, but I can tell you the things that I feel passionate about. So I'm a husband. I'm passionate about that. I want to be a good husband. I I want to provide for my wife. I want to be there for her. I want to share life with her. I'm passionate about that because I'm a husband. I'm a father. I am passionate about my children, teaching them, encouraging, helping them, being there for them, guiding them, directing them, enjoying them. I'm passionate about that because I'm a father. That's what one of the calls on my life God called me to be. In addition to that, in this place, God has called me to be a shepherd, a nurturer, a teacher, a helper. And the things that he's called me to do in my life are also the things that I take great pleasure in. And the pleasure that I take in those things, because it's so fulfilling, is what then feeds my passion to continue to do that. So rediscover and reaffirm God's purpose in your life. Ask God to show it to you if you don't know what it is. And then receive it by faith and nurture it and make it a daily priority. Because every fire eventually goes out, right? So we need to stoke the fire. We need to get it burning again. Leviticus 6.12. Meanwhile, the the fire God is saying on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. There's some symbolism here. The fire in you, the fire on the altar must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He'll then burn the fat of of the peace offerings on it. Remember, Remember, he says, this is important, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. What does that mean to you? It's a metaphor for our keeping the the flames, the fire of our passion for God and the things of God. It's up to us to keep it stoked. It's up to us to do the things that keep it burning bright. Get it? Does that sound like it's too hard to do? It's not. We're going to go through a couple other things quickly that will help you to do that. God gives us our passion, but it's up to us to keep the passion for the things of God. So, next point, work at it. In fact, work hard at it. The more you put in, the more you get out. William Ward once wrote, enthusiasm and persistence can make an average person superior, but indifference and lethargy, that's laziness, can make a superior person average. How many of you want to be average for God? Not me. Slightly above average? No. So what do we do? We add enthusiasm, persistence, passion to the things that God has called us to do. Passion pushes us to succeed. Passion brings fulfillment, and that feeds passion, and it keeps going in a a loop. Romans 12, 10, love one another, with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. 
don't be slothful in zeal, don't not have passion, but be fervent in spirit as you serve the Lord. So stir up passion for God and the things of God by doing the things that he's passionate about and doing it with the people of God who are passionate about doing it too. We know that it's important to do things because God tells us when he, talks, when he speaks to the church of Sardis who had lost their passion, and he tells them what they need to do to get it back. This is easy. If you've lost your passion for God and the things of God, you can get it back easily. In fact, what's really great about this is that, yes, we pray for it, we ask it, but we act our way into it. There are some things you can think your way into or think your way out of. There are some things that you act your way into, and passion is one of those things. You can't just think about it and wait for it to come. We act our way into it. How do we do that? Revelation 2.2, God's complimenting the church, but he, the church of Sardis, but, he, but he's also telling them what they need to do because they've lost that zeal and that passion. Revelation 2.2, I know the things that you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but aren't. You've discovered that they are liars. And you've patiently suffered for me without quitting. These are all good things, God says. But wait, I have this one complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. You've lost your passion. You did a lot of great things, but you lost your passion. You've fallen away from me. How do you get it back? Next part of that verse. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. Friends, if you will do the works that you did when you were first a believer, sharing your faith with other people, getting into the Word of God, spending time in prayer with God, all coming to church faithfully, all the things that you did when you first got started, passion will reignite in your life. I promise you, all you have to do is act your way. I don't mean like an actor. I mean through action. Act your way into passion just like the church of Sardis was told that they could do. Another thing that will help you with this is to surround yourself with inspiration. Listen, it's hard to be passionate about something when you're the only one. So one of the reasons we get together in this place and in small groups and, and, and other gatherings of other believers is because we surround ourselves with people who inspire us and who lift us and who help us. Spend lots of time with people who spiritually challenge you and charge your battery. Stay away from the people who suck you dry. They need you. They need you to minister to them. But, 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 but the reason we get together is so that we can encourage one another and help one another. And can I have friends who aren't believers? Sure you can. You should. You ought to bring them to Jesus and make them believers. But beyond that, please, don't, don't. Don't minimize the importance of coming together to the house of God for the strength that it will give you and for the way that it will help you to regain and keep burning passion in you for the things of God. Surround yourself with inspiration. Hebrews 10.24, this is what you and I are supposed to do for one another. Let us think of ways, let us think of ways to motivate I would rather put the word inspire in there, but that's okay. Think of ways to motivate, to inspire one another, to acts, there it is again, of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return 
is drawing near. Passion begets passion. When I meet somebody who's passionate about something and they're excited about it, it stirs passion inside of me. Surround yourself with passionate people. Stay away from, not always, but don't let the other people who suck it out of you suck it out of you. Surround yourself with people who are passionate because passion begets more passion. God wants Christians to be fervent in spirit. Romans 12, 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically, passionately. Serve the Lord with a zealous spirit. The King James says, be fervent, passionate in spirit. God wants Christians to be zealous in good works. Titus 2, 14, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, zealous, totally committed, passionate to doing good works. The Christian life isn't just about being forgiven. It's not just about coming to church and singing songs. It's about doing good works. And by that, I don't just mean that you gave $5 to the will work for food guy. That's a good thing to do. Hope that you do that. But that's not the only thing that good works are. Good works are things that benefit other people, that show the love of Jesus to other people, that provide for other people, that bring healing to people's lives. There are so many things that we can do. And God wants us to be inspired to do those things, you can serve your way into passion, just like you can act your way into passion. What do I mean? Are you passionate about ministering to people? Are you passionate about ministering to children? We have opportunities here that you can do that. How about helping people, feeding people, fixing, fixing something at a, at a widow or a single mom's home who can't afford to have it done? How about um, organizing and, and, and facilitating a group of people praying, being hospitable, having people to your home. There are so many ways that you can serve, and in serving, you will also find renewed passion because it will light a fire inside of you, stir it up inside of you as you do the things that God is passionate about. So surround yourself with things that inspire you as well. Christian music, Christian radio, Bible studies, groups, hanging out with other believers. Surround yourself not only with people who inspire you, but other things that inspire you. And by, and by the way, I don't know why I never, I never, I always say this, stay away from the things that suck the joy out of you. Social media will suck the passion out of you. Secular news media, whether you want to believe it or not, will suck the spiritual passion out of you. Why would you spend so much time watching the TV shows that offend you, watching the news programs that take your joy away? Stay away from those things. I beg you, stay away from those things that take away your joy and surround yourself with the people of God, be in the house of God, and the things that will help to encourage you, Christian radio, Bible studies, groups, Here's another thing that will help you with passion, and it might seem a little oxymoronic or paradoxical tonight, and that is let fear do its righteous work in you. Now, look, we have over, over, over time talked, we've, 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 so here's fear and here's faith. Fear, bad. Faith, good. There is such a thing as a holy fear, a holy awe, and fear is a bad thing when it causes us to run away from God or to not do the things that we are supposed to do. But when it draws us to God, it can be used for a good thing. So, for example, 
How many of you know the days that we're living in are short before the return of the Lord? Now, I'm not afraid of that because I'm ready to go, but you know who I'm afraid for? Afraid for my brother and his wife because they're not saved and they're not serving God. I'm afraid for my neighbors because I know what life is going to be like when we get raptured out of here and they get left. I'm afraid of what lies ahead for people who, who come to the end of their life and they haven't made Jesus Lord and they face an eternity apart from God. I'm afraid of that for them. Are you? We should be. But our fear shouldn't lead, lead us to inaction. It shouldn't give us a deer-in-the-headlights moment. It ought to propel us to step forward and reach out and do everything that we can to save them. Your fear can light a fire of passion in you to reach the lost. Thank you. Amen. And I hope that it does. So, so I, this morning in, in devotions, I, I, and I think I've, I've actually preached about it before, there's a statistic that scares the pants off of me. The world death rate is 120 people worldwide per minute. That's two people per second. So in the moments that we've been sitting here, Two people, two people, two people, two people, two people have slipped into eternity while we sit here. Some of them are going to go to a great eternity, but many of them are going to go to an eternity where they are lost forever. Friends, that fear can give you, hopefully give you passion to do all that you can to rescue them and to reach them and reach out for them. Because when something is important to us, it matters how it turns out. And if it's important to you that they not spend an eternity in hell, then it will motivate you and inspire you to go after them. The trick about fear is instead of running away from it, to run toward it and to use it in the service of God to propel you toward what's important, like saving a soul from death. We've got to move on. Reposition your treasures, because the Bible says in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. If, you are, if, you're, if your treasures, if your earthly treasures, the things that you love and the things that you have and the, the, the things that you want to do, if they're all stacked up down here, it's going to be hard to be passionate about the things of God. So reposition your treasures, reposition your attitude toward those things. You can't be spiritually passionate if you're more passionate about the things of this world, your stuff and the things that you want. You can also change the way you're thinking. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God so that we begin to think God's way. Paul said, change the way you act by changing the way you think. So constantly change the way you're thinking by what? by being in God's Word, by changing the way you think into the way that God thinks. You only get that from God's Word. Avoid the passion killers. Getting close to concluding, don't worry. What are the passion killers? These are the things that if you allow them to stay in your life will kill the passion for God and the things of God inside of you. Unconfessed sin. Listen, believer, you, when you got saved, Christ forgave all of your sins. Your sins were paid for. But God tells us that if, we, that if we sin, we need to confess our sins because our sin, though paid for by the blood of Jesus, still stands as a block between us and God. How can you be passionate toward God and the things of God when there's sin right here in the middle of you? 
Unconfessed sin will rob you of your spiritual passion. Unresolved conflict will rob you of spiritual passion because it leads to anger and it leads to division between you and and people you love and people in this church and people who are out there. And so unresolved conflict will keep you from that in your marriage. Let me ask you something. Is it easy to be easy or difficult in your, to be passionate toward one another in your marriage when there is some great big argument that you just had that you haven't fixed yet? Unresolved conflict will kill your passion. An unsupported lifestyle will kill your passion. What do you mean by that, Steve? Ecclesiastes 4.9 talks about how we support one another. And if you're not living in a supported manner, your passion is going to be ebbing. Ecclesiastes 4.9, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. And if one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Friends, you can't live the Christian life without it being supported by other people. I beg you to make sure that you invest in relationships with one another. I I beg you to to minister to one another, not just, hey, let's get together and have a cup of coffee, but before we leave the restaurant, let's pray real quick about the needs in your life. Or, hey, you know, I know you guys are struggling. Let's talk about that and see what the Word of God has. We support one another. An unsupported lifestyle, if that's what you're living, will take away passion, will will, will kill passion in your life. So, The good news is passion is ours for the asking. Passion is ours for the acting. Passion is ours for the serving. We can have passion for God and for the things of God if we will simply ask for it and if we will simply do the things that continually create passion for God in our lives. Friend, if you don't have spiritual passion in your life tonight, I'm not going to blame you and say it's your fault, though it may be. But I will tell you this. It doesn't have to stay that way. You can have the spiritual passion you once had or maybe never had, but you want to have by doing those things that God has called us to. So tonight, uh, and, and it's in your notes at the very end there, the application part, the practical application of this, if you don't apply what you heard tonight, Nothing's going to change in your life. In fact, there's a real simplified process that, that is important for everyone to understand. We start with knowing You know a lot more by virtue of what I just told you tonight. That's really great. It's going to help you, but only if it leads to doing something different. And so right now in this moment, I want want you to take one quick minute and think about some of these things, something maybe that grabbed a hold of you and you know that you need to do or you know that you can do or you know that you want to do and determine, how am I going to do that? When am I going to do that this week? What's that going to look like? I left you a really little bitty line down at the bottom to be able to write that down. Because knowing requires that in order to be transformed, in order for you to be the person God wants you to be, you have to take what you know and do something that relates to it so that it becomes a habit in your life and it changes you and transforms you. We go from knowing to doing to being. So what needs to change so that God becomes your greatest passion? When was a time when your spiritual passion was high? What did that look like? What circumstances helped it? Think of a time when your spiritual passion was low or died. What caused that? So we can learn from the past. And then take some time this week and ask God to give you a passion for the things that matter to him, to do a work in you. And down at the bottom, 
This is for you. You don't have to do it now, but I want to encourage you this week as you spend time thinking about what it is that you can do in your life to reignite passion that will propel you to do great things for God and to live for him. Every every day this week, I want to encourage you to ask God to give you a passion for, and you choose. You can choose one or you can choose all of them. A passion for him, a passion for souls, a passion for giving, a passion for worship, or anything else that you want to put in there. But friends, if all we do is talk about it and don't do anything about it, nothing's going to change. So I want to encourage you tonight. You can have more passion in your life. You can. All you have to do is ask for it and act the actions that will lead you into it. And I promise you that God will come in and use those things to bring about passion in your life. Don't do it just for the thrill. Do it because it enables you to do what you want to do anyway, which is to serve God and to bless God and to give him glory. Bow your heads with me tonight. Lord, I thank you that what you call us to do, you enable us to do in this moment. I pray that you'd speak to each and every one of us in this room. God, what is it that I need to do to reignite spiritual passion in my life? Lord, you know. Would you show me? Would you speak to me? Would you speak to us? Lord, those things in my life that, that, that take passion out of me that I need to make changes from and avoid, Lord, I pray that you'd show me those things. Lord, I pray that you'd open my eyes to to the realities of of this world and of your kingdom so that I can see it through your eyes and that I can add your passion for what it is that you want done in this world to the passion that I have and the passion I need to accomplish them for you. Lord, it's our desire to serve you. It's our desire to be pleasing to you. I pray for each and every one under the sound of my voice that you would fire up passion for you and passion for the things of you and your kingdom as we go from this place tonight. Lord, help us to do it every day this week. Lord, bless your people as we go. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.